So, Bethesda is announcing something new, something in entertainment. Is it an is actual it, uh, game? No, 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 mm. let me guess, let me guess. Let me guess, Skyrim for the PS5. Mm. Nope, it's a TV show. I, I really hate the fact that you said that, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Of course Skyrim's coming to the PS5. What could be dumber than Skyrim on the PS5? <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, there's going to be a TV show set in the Fallout universe of all of their titles. I, I, I have I have to ask, um, how accurately will it portray the Fallout experience? Like, will characters on the show just randomly fall through the setting into, like, a death void and lose hours of progress in the TV show and they spend, like, the next, like, six episodes power running the same content they just did for the first half of the season or something? Yeah, it's... It also, like, which Fallout universe? I mean, there's, there's kind of... Every kind of sub-developer and then its own history is just Well, it's all kind in theory of... one Fallout verse, but you're right. Like, there is a better interpretations of it, worse interpretations of it. Yeah, so it's like, which which Fallout are we going to get? We can get Fallout, you know, Fallout 1 and 2, which were unmistakably, you know, witty, well-thought-out RPGs with a cool storyline that was open-ended and open-world, uh, though there was a story progression. Or, you know, on that's on one end of the sort of good scale, I'd say. You know, mm. on the good and enjoyable scale. Are we going to get the Fallout 76? Yeah. Well, like, if you're just talking timelines, you're talking Fallout 1 and 2, Fallout 3 and 4, or Fallout 76. If those are three very unique time points on the Fallout timeline that, like, Depending which one you go with, it's pretty fucking different. Yeah. Even one and two were kind of in different timelines. Well, one was a sequel. No, they're, they're in the same. One's a sequel to the other. Yeah. Um, it's, you, yeah, you just start in a different vault. Yeah. Which is a very different idea. <laughs> was ran in very different ways. But yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like, instead of, you know, maybe spending some time on making, you know, their terrible game, you know, playable, they, they're they making TV series. Well, I have, I, Bethesda's I, not making the TV series. They're having someone else do it. They're just licensing it out. Like, don't get me wrong. It will feel weird to watch or engage with something Fallout-based that hasn't have me going, am I okay that Todd Howard got my money for this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, the, the premise of a Fallout show is fucking great. Because what it'll do is it'll they'll create an immersion factor where you'll save the episodes to your DVR and then entire chunks and seasons of stuff you already have saved disappears off your fucking cable. <laughs> you gotta get the full ex- Bethesda experience. That's the real yeah. fault experience at this point, yeah. Yeah, at this point this is the only way to go. And I, I like that their approach, I, I think I would agree with Henry on this one, is the you know what, Let, let's just go ahead and... Oh, no, actually, yeah, sorry, Charlie was saying this. Instead of fixing their bugs, let's just go ahead and make a TV show, guys. That'll work. The kids like the TV, right? Do, do you think we'll possibly get, like, a Street Fighter, the movie, the video game effect? We'll get, like, Fallout, the TV show, the video game? First of all, we already <laughs> had 
a Street Fighter movie, and it was one of the best no, Street Fighter that, movies. That's what I'm made. saying. Yeah, like we, we got Street Fighter the movie, the video game, which was the fighting game based off the movie, based off the video game. Do you think we'll possibly get another like a Fallout game based off the video, based off the TV show, based off the video game? I sure fucking hope so. But I feel at this point, if you really want the true Fallout experience, just get a camera and go outside and record people, because I'm pretty close we're here in the prequel to Fallout. No. Oh, yeah. We're, we're Again, really closing in on that one. On, we're in on Cyberpunk. Vaults. We have yeah. civil unrest, mysterious plague, corporations are people, apparently. All we're missing are cool-ass robot arms. Yeah. I, for one, look forward to We've my We've also cool got, you know, arms. very very clued-in generation of people that are, like, endlessly trolling, like, on important engagements that are also into K-pop. Yeah, fuck, Soylent and the increased surveillance state situation further proves we're into cyberpunk. Like, oh, yeah. literally all we are missing are chromed-out prosthetic arms that also shoot, like, lasers or have shotguns in them. That's all it takes for me to go, yep, I got the future I wanted. It's a terrible future, but I'm real cool I got to live this long. <laughs> Get me some like Eddie to, motherfuckers. I'd like to point out that we were talking about the Fallout series, a TV show, for maybe like four or five minutes, and I'm pretty sure those four or five minutes are going to last longer than the actual show did, because you already moved on to Cyberpunk. You already gave up on the series of Fallout. I <laughs> I love the original Fallout games. I, I enjoyed the third Fallout game, the first one from Bethesda. Mm -hmm. Bethesda has done a great job of making me go, maybe I don't like Fallout games anymore. They've done an amazing yeah. job of kind of destroying any love I had for that franchise. Yeah, way to bury the franchise, idiots. I mean, it's just clear that they don't even know what to do with the storyline, you know, and not to get too far on a tangent, but... Like, their treatment of the different groups is so shallow compared to the way those groups... Like, the Brotherhood of Steel just became kind of faceless bad guys with no personality, when in the original games, they were kind of a complicated, well-thought-out faction with sort of... With, with interesting people being involved in it. Not just a bunch of dudes in suits. It wasn't... It wasn't it was actually a brotherhood. It was a meaningful thing. And then it's just like, the way that, you know, 3 and 4 treat them is just like faceless bad guys, basically, or just faceless fascists. When they they treat so, so much with just, I mean, it's as ham-handed, you know, ham-fisted as the way they deal with things in, like, the Sky, Skyrim and such. It's just like, just dumb. They just, I guess they just think everybody's dumb, which I guess is not sometimes not too far of a stretch. But, I mean, that's that's what I would expect from this TV series, just like the most ham-fisted treatments of morality that we could possibly see. We Look, we really had some great ideas for the Fallout series, character development, stories. We had some really good stuff. The only problem was we put it in the storage box and it seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. So we'll just stick with the shitty script instead. Also, let's, <laughs> let's hire the Game of Thrones guys. Those guys did good. <laughs> they started off real good and then got bad at the end. So it would be like a perfect Fallout TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah. They couldn't stick the ending, unlike every... Uh, like, I, Sorry, not unlike, but like every single current Fallout game. Yep. So much promise to be let out like a sad whimper out of a balloon.
Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 209. If I'm going to get through the fucking news this week, I'm going to start drinking at 11 o'clock this morning, so... Cracking one open with the boys, let's do this. Oh, <laughs> I should probably do the intros. Yeah, uh, I'm Alex, aka Mayhem Online. I'm here with a couple other dudes who somehow are helping me get through this whole thing. I today. really wish I was news drinking right now, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Look, it's 11 o'clock when we're recording this podcast right now. Uh, in the morning, and frankly, I don't give a shit with any stigmas. This whole year and the news with the, everything going on with gaming is a shit show. I'm going to have a drink to get through this fucking podcast. Yeah, the, I suggest you guys 20, join me. The last 24 <laughs> hours I've been through have really made me rethink my puritanical views on, like, not drinking before 8 a.m. Now, <laughs> I've, I've officially ruled out that, like, it's airport rules. You can drink whenever the fuck you want, and you, nobody can judge you anymore. At this point, anyway, yes. Uh, what are you drinking podcast. exactly? Out of curiosity, is it like is it I, is it deemed appropriate for breakfast thing, like a Bloody Mary or a screwdriver? I guess that's just a sad cry for help. Like, a, what's the what's the brunch <laughs> drink? Mimosa. I'm blanking on the. That's the one. Yes, thank you. So I am drinking Juicy Sunrise IPA by the Widmere Brothers. Oh, so it's basically a screwdriver. Got it. Yeah. And if worse comes to worse, Two, Hound, Two Town Cider House makes a hand sanitizer I can chug if this podcast gets <laughs> even more depressed. <laughs> I'm not joking. I have a bottle of Two oh, Town I'm... Cider House hand sanitizer. Oh, I'm sure I will do. happily drink if this podcast goes the way I think it's going to go with the news. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, this Alki here is Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online. Uh, I'm joined by two other cohorts who are also navigating the wasteland that is the uh, gaming news industry this week. And the it literal is... wasteland that is the part of LA <laughs> I live in. Like, a car got hit by a firework last night. <laughs> I sprayed uh... down my front yard because I thought it was going to light on fire. Oh, man, what a time to be alive. Uh, yes, uh, I can't even get to the fucking names. This podcast is going Mordek, Undivided, a.k.a. Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak. <laughs> sorry, all... Alex, this is a beautiful intro. <laughs> it has such legs. I'm so sorry I keep derailing you. This is the best <laughs> intro we've had in a long time. And <laughs> oh, reintroduce man. yourself so we can get yeah. to the rest of the podcast. Yes, I'm, I am... Henry, a.k.a. Nomad Harn, a.k.a. Kraken Zero. So, yeah, I'm here, yeah. too. And we're not ranting about... like fucking gunpowder right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it has since 7 p.m. last night. Oh, man. And the craziest part is it's not even the worst part of today's day. We've got <laughs> news to get into. I yeah. live in a fire zone. <laughs> just accepted our fate on the podcast over like the span of like two minutes oh this is great <sighs> so yeah we're we're a podcast i'm sure based off of the uh intro here you guys would love to hear our days oh what a fitting fucking way to start the intro day drinking discord crashing <laughs> yeah i'm not sure i did this in post but like yeah so uh we got like all of actual five minutes into recording this episode and henry's computer just went nope yeah <laughs> oh, discord not my computer it was that's just fair yeah discord, discord. Uh, yes yeah. my computer is fine it didn't crash discord just like went nuts and then like just 
weirdly, I couldn't even disconnect from it. It, it like, I just huh. had to shut it down. I, I just had to literally kill, kill this. On to the rest of the podcast, I suppose. Where the hell were we? Um, <laughs> street smells like gunpowder. Uh, yeah. I had to spray down my lawn. We're all who we are. Uh, Alex is day drinking and I'm envious. Uh, yeah, tracks. That, that, that's, that's where else we were at, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wants to cover I'm just their saying, week. It, if you need to grab a beer to get through this episode, we can wait for like a minute for you to dive in there if you've got something. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think I have some whiskey handy. Dear there God. we go! Fuck yeah! Dude, it's airport rules. Nobody gives a shit what time you're drinking. Good yeah, lord. I got, I got, I got stuff to make uh, old fashions. <laughs> So, all right. So yeah. w- w- while you're pouring yourself a cocktail, I guess I'll go over my week because it's pretty short comparatively. <laughs> all right, what you got for us? All right, so I got the first of my four kind of ridiculously dumb triumph, uh, ridiculously hard to do triumphs done in Destiny. I-, I got my triumphant century one done, arguably one of the easier ones. I'm still working on the massacre medals and everything else, but yeah, Iron Banner was back in Destiny. Go listen to the Armchair Guardians podcast to hear what I th- fucking thought about that. Fuck the Iron Banner. I this was a bad week in Destiny, but preceded by three really good weeks in Destiny. So that was a thing. <laughs> and as a result, I spent a lot of time not playing video games this week. So I watched two things. Uh, I watched all of the first. I got caught the fuck up on Doom Patrol, which. I know I'm like a year late to that show, but holy fuck! If you have like if if you've looked at that thing and like hot, maybe I should check that out. You should absolutely check that show out. It is. Oh hell yeah! I mean, it, I talked about it at length in in a previous episode. Yeah, I, I I have never enjoyed a superhero show that's like that that like both is earnest about being a superhero show, but is also a fucking superhero show for people that hate superhero shows. Oh yeah, I mean that's it. And the funny thing is, it pretty closely follows the comic book. Well, it embodies the weirdness of the comic book. Like, yeah, yes. like it's for those who don't know what Doom Patrol is. Uh, Doom Patrol in the comics was kind of the equivalent of the X Men. Both pride themselves they literally the same month. Yeah, both like pride themselves on being the weird superheroes, where X Men were still superheroes. There was always a beautiful dysfunctionality to Doom Patrol that the show just. Oh, it leans into it so well, and that first like that first season's almost like a perfect season of TV for what that show is. Down yeah. to you get to episode thirteen, and the narrator is like, "Oh, thank fucking god! All this character development's over. We can get to what you wanted—the superhero fight." I haven't been on the ep- in the sh- in the show for like three episodes. No one likes that. Like, I, it's <laughs> the show is great. Like, the show is amazing. It's fantastic. Uh, it. It is the best thing in the DC universe out there right now. The cast kills it, and these are some <laughs> these are interesting, quirky characters. And, and like the cast, cast has some risks in it too, great. which I thought was fantastic. Uh, the actor that was from Suits, um, no, not, not Suits, um, White Collar, a fantastic actor, like a, a pretty boy character playing a like character that's got masked and deformed the majority of the time, just fucking killing it with his performance. Oh, it's. Everyone yeah. on the show is like a bunch of actors you wouldn't expect to play unbelievably serious roles really well based on like their past experiences in the industry. Just straight scene stealing and killing left and right. Like, yeah, it's it's an amazing show. Yeah, Brendan Fraser mainly doing just voice acting for most yeah. of the show, 
really does it well, really captures it. I mean, the writers for the, and directors for that show are absolutely great. Yeah. Too. I mean, that's the thing. The writing is just so good. It's just really good. Like, the dialogue, the characters, everybody acts in believable ways. Well, that I think that's the best credit of the show, is that, like, unlike lots of other superhero shows where, like, you get this superpower and people seem, like, weirdly okay with it, despite the fact it has, like, reaching ramifications on their life, the story arc of um, uh, Cyborg is amazing because it's like, yo, um, I have a computer in my brain right now, and I don't know how to think about that, actually. Like, I have, you know, I can't feel things like... Yeah. It's, yes, he's in a big, big, clunky robot body. Well, that's Cliff, yeah. You, you have Cy- it, yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing. You have Cyborg, and you have, what's it, Metal Man, technically, or Robot Man? Like, you have two yeah. characters kind of going through the same thing, but from totally different ends of the experience, yeah. where, like, one character's in kind of this, like, shitty robot body who, like, is truly a robot, and the other person was, like, c- cyberized to save his life, but also, like, has the trauma that comes from that. Like, both were... Both have been turned into this, like, completely against their wills in some weird ways. Like, there's this, like, there's this fascinating concept of consent when it comes to superpowers and all that jazz. Yeah. Which I think it's like, it's just, it's got so many cool concepts swirling around it. And, like, every, like towards, like, episode 13, I'm like, okay, the show has to end, right? Soon. Like, and that keeps going. And I'm like, wow. It has, yeah. like, three or four totally fantastic finalities that build up to an actual finale. And you're like, holy Fuck. Yeah. And then the second season's also fantastic so far, too. Oh, yeah. Second season's also absolutely incredible. That's the thing. It's like, it doesn't really let off. It, they just kind of continue with it. They just they have a great staff. I mean, the entire staff for that show is just amazing. The show it's made a- me somehow care about a character whose name is Flexington, whose superpowers are he can flex certain muscles and distort yeah, reality. And, and What was it? Flex Mentalo. Yes, Flex Mentalo. And I'm, I'm, I'm just watching this like, why do I care about this character? He's complete, like, MacGuffin bullshit, but, like, how did you make a character you introduced nine minutes ago have a beautiful and tragic art that, like, is better than all of Game of Thrones in its entirety? Yeah. <laughs> but but seriously, it's... And the thing is, like, it's it's this is also, you know, from the comic books. Uh, he's yeah. a character from the comic books who's also spun off into his own little miniseries. Yeah. But yeah, he's he the the hero aura <laughs> when he flexes his. It's, the, the, the two episode arc of Flex Mentalo is is great. It, it's is some of the best writing ever in a show that's full of some of the best writing ever. Like it's like it's like how how do you keep doing this? Yeah, it's how- it's just wonderfully done, and the cast. Yeah, honestly, just cast are killing it yeah, like, in there. any one of these performances you'd be like holy shit these people are fucking carrying this entire show but they're all carrying it like I, the show is dark when it needs to be and like can find humor in that and like does like, nothing feels outlandish in a show where a woman can melt into a town enveloping slime puddle you have cyborg from teen titans a dude in a robot suit a woman with like what's it 64 different superpowers depending on her split personality and a guy that has a space energy ghost in his body and is radioactive yeah the fact that at no point in the show does the show come off as outlandish and like implausible <laughs> you're like oh yeah the, the science tracks on this somehow how the fuck does that work <laughs> but yeah and uh, yeah it's 
it's real interesting. It even like touches on things like you know like what happens to superheroes when they get older. Shit, yeah, like the, the fact they work in the Doom Patrol comic characters into the show and then just like shit on them for being superheroes that were terrible. It's I, like the worst episode of this entire first season and like the start of the second season is better than entireties of other shows. Like they're they're yeah. so well written every episode. Yeah, I I and it seems like they are pointing towards making another season and Oh no, God, season two has started. It. Season two started already. Yeah. yeah. I mean like yeah, but I mean just continuing, but yeah, it's just uh, it's it's so good. Yeah, it, it's, it's such a good series. It's it's one of the best depictions of trauma I've seen yes. done in an approachable way in a TV show ever and not, like, played off to be grotesque. Like, it feels honest about what that is like in this show. It is, yeah, it's, it's just an amazing show. Like, it's things that should not work, work across the board. Like, Somehow they make Brendan Fraser voicing a fucking robot, a character they make a big deal out of having no emotions because he's a fucking robot, like have these beautiful, tragic, heartbreaking moments that are conveyed through a mix of Brendan Fraser doing an amazing job as a voice actor and the guy playing the robot doing a, like, killer job of giving a robot personality. Like, yeah, fuck. Where he can't make expressions. Yeah. I mean, he can't make... It's all body language. And it's done really well. Yeah, and like, we're not talking a cool robot. We're talking, like, what the 50s thought a robot made out of, like, straight-up iron would be. And this robot's wearing, like, a shitty uh, dead Kennedy shirt and a leather jacket because that's who Cliff is. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a... It's an absolutely wonderful show. And the people involved in it are great. Like, I don't want to give things away, but like, one of my favorite like kind of actors is is in it that we haven't even mentioned. But I, it's kind, it's a spoiler. I'm not yeah. going to talk about it. But yeah, great, great show, fantastic show. Yeah. And so the other show I've been watching is it's on Netflix now. So that's how I'm getting around to it. It's a show called Kengen Ashura. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. And it's from the Baki people, which I've never been a huge fan of Baki because I feel it drags a little bit on, but I love the fighting in Baki. And if you are a fellow fan of just kind of the idea of fighting and people that are like into the art of fighting, go check out Kengen Ashura. The the premise is the dumbest, most amazing idea for a show about the art of just people fighting people with their hands. It basically the idea is that like dating back in Japan, there's a history of like a thousand some odd merchants having like champions. They settle like big disputes by having them slug it out in underground death matches, and it's it's just great so far. It's absurd. Like the two main characters are the fighter and his like I guess like corporate manager is the way of thinking of it, and the fighter is just this. It's a Oma is just this kind of amazing like. They, they they imply what his superpowers are from, like, episode two on, and it's like, holy shit, this guy's just, like, into fucking fighting, and that's cool. And then you have his, like, corporate counterpart who's, like, forced into the role by, like, a weird CD plot to, like, 
overthrow the underground fighting scene or something, who, like, starts off as, like, this just, like, pathetic office dredgen, and by, like, episode three is, like, fucking hardcore into fighting. He's like, I can't do it, but my champion is a fucking badass. It's a fun, dumb watch. I'm having a lot of fun watching it. The art style may be a tad polarizing for people. It's that, that kind of weird Baki CG thing going on, but at the same time, the fights look really goddamn cool, and it's it's not people, like, throwing fireballs and shit. It's people, like, using martial arts or, like, exaggerated possibilities of a human. Like, they, they give a guy whose specialty is rock wall climbing or, like, uh, no tether rock climb the ability to, like, slice people's skin via, like, pinching them unbelievably hard because his fingers are dumb strong. It's it's just cool stuff going on. <laughs> I like it. A, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been a fan of the Baki series. And, yeah, I may have to check this one out. It's the same joy of Baki minus Baki being, like, a weird, dumb character. Like, I love Baki for, like, how, like, into the art of fighting it is. But Baki, the character, being like, Oh, I guess I could try applying my ridiculous physical prowess to running now, I guess. Bugs the fuck out of me. And it shouldn't, because Baki's like, that's who, that, that's, that's the allure of that franchise, is that Baki is the most gifted fighter ever and just doesn't realize how fucking powerful he is. But at the same time, like, it's like, if, if you don't like Baki, check this out. It's the exact same kind of, like, celebration of the art of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's what I've been up to. I fucking called the cops on my neighbors last night because they were setting off fireworks that were setting off car alarms on my street, and it was shitty. Yeah. What have you two been up to? Um, <clears throat> well, let's see. I woke up Monday after our podcast and thought, oh man, this has been a doozy of a week. And then Monday happened, and then Tuesday happened, and it just kept getting worse. And holy shit, man. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, I did do some fun stuff. I did get a chance to play Hyperscape. Uh, I got into the technical test for that. Oh that shit, I want actually. That game looks cool as fuck. Is it fun? It is actually pretty fun. It's a battle royale. So yeah, this is the first time I've looked at that... and been like, I want to play that game, actually. Yeah, it's battle royale, but there's some cool mechanics that are... So, should... Well, I know we have a section of the podcast to talk about Hyperscape, so I'll save some of the discussion. No, if you played done. it, let's talk about it now. Like, it, like if you okay. played it, it's your week at this point kind of thing. I, I, I didn't realize there was like a beta you could get into right now for it. Yes, it's, it's a... So, they're using a similar system to the Valorant system where you get drops. <laughs> but instead of making it random and you just kind of fucking wait for your chance to get it, as long as you watch 20 minutes on Twitch, you get the drop automatically. Huh. So it, mm. at least that's the way it worked out for me. Um, and that's what I was reading in the rules that they have on their actual site. So, um, yeah, it's a free-to-play test. It's a battle royale game. Uh, but it's based off of this weird, almost like cybernetic, uh, cyberpunk-esque kind of setup. It's all virtual reality-esque based uh, themed. So, like, you, you, like, digitize into, like, this weird cyberpunk-esque looking city. Um, you you can double jump, which is really neat. The, the controls on it are a lot faster compared to like a, uh, um, what do you call it? To compare to like PUBG, which is very slow and kind of all that stuff. Have you like, played Apex is, Legends at all? I played Apex Legends. It's How does it compare to Legends. that? Because it feels like it, it looks like it might be more like that. 
It's a little bit similar to Apex Legends, except you don't have, like, you don't pick a character who has special abilities. You, you get a, a kind of a clean slate character that you would build up. So sure. you pick up two items, or you pick up two weapons, and then two miscellaneous items. Um, the cool system for the weapons is obviously, like, in situations like Fortnite, where you can break a box, and all of a sudden you get the best fucking rifle in the game, or you get, like, a gray handgun that's garbage kind of scenario. So what they do in this game is you pick up any, like, there are weapons in the game, and in order for you to level up the weapon, you have to find another copy of it, and then fuse it with your current weapon. Well, so does the weapon go at the end of the match, or does it, like, hang around for a little while? Like, What do you mean? Is it persistent gear, or is it, like, looter-shooter in a, like, match-by-match situation? It's it's very much in a match-by-match situation. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So, Hmm. like, at the very beginning, everyone starts up clean slate. Um, but, like, if you pick up, let's say, a uh, Ripper, which is an assault rifle, um, you start your working way, you find another one, you can fuse it, and it increases the damage and the magazine size, and it, every item levels up four times. And so that part's pretty neat, and if you happen to find another one of that after you've got max level for it, if you fuse it, it gives you full, it gives you full ammo and clip size all over again. So it gets, like, replenished, so to speak. Um, you do that with weapons. So that's kind of the easiest thing to do when it comes to that. Like, some weapons get some cool effects, like the sniper rifle gets, like, a boosted damage and all that. Sure. I think it reloads faster. Um, I think one of the more interesting, like, I guess perks is the handgun, which you would think is kind of weak, but if you fuse it four times, you get a giant rectangle on your screen, and anything that gets marked on there, no matter where you shoot, the bullets track and hit the player regardless. Mm. So shit like that, which is kind of neat. Um, you also get, like as I mentioned, you get items such as like a, a dropped health, he- like a drop heal that's like AOE based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get armor that you pop. So like if you're getting shot at, you can pop the armor and run away. And you get like a basically covered in like plate armor, if you will. So you take uh, extra resistance to damage. Um, you can get a what's called a slam, which is just imagine you being like. Doomfist, and you just jump up and then jump down and slam the ground with your fist. So, hmm. you get that. Um, you get a, uh, you know, the giant hamster ball that you would get, and you kind of have a hamster roll around in a giant plastic bottle or, or ball or whatever. You get something like that. So, if you're getting shot at, you can put yourself in a ball, and the ball is armored, and you can run away. Sure. So, like a fleeing hamster, if you will. Um, you can get, like, Maze Ice Wall, which I've seen some people do where they build it up enough that they stack it all the way up to the top of the map, and they snipe people from, like, a crow's nest setup, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it's not like Fortnite, where you can just build walls like crazy kind of thing. Um, armor. There are... You can drop uh, mines. So if somebody walks through a certain area, the mines go off, and I think as if you level them up far enough, uh, if somebody trips the mine, the mine becomes like a seeking mine and it follows the player until it explodes. Hmm. So I ran into one of those the other day because I'm like, oh, a mine, and I ran away, and then I turned around behind me and it was fucking following me around corners. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's 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 really it's a really neat kind of take on it, and I guess one of the big pushes they're doing for uh, Hyperscape is that it's influenced by Twitch. Kind of similar. Do you guys remember IDARB? Yeah. Do you remember in IDARB where the people in, in the chat can manipulate what's going on in the game? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to oh, make, yeah. like, yeah. 
So they have a similar system in Hyperscape where at a certain point, um, it randomizes three events that Twitch, Twitch viewers who are watching the game can vote on for that game. And so let's say all of a sudden the, you know, the audience votes, everyone has infinite ammo for like a chunk of time. Or, oh, now everyone has low gravity. Or now everyone has like a health pack boost thing or cooldown reduction on abilities kind of thing. Yeah. And it's all done like depending on who's on the map. Yeah, the phrase I always use is it's kind of um, Hunger Games, the masses give you stuff aspects to it. Yes, and that's pretty much what it's like uh, for the voting system, which is kind of neat. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. I will say it's up there as far as refreshing battle royales. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you could play more... it. I'd have play, tried to play it this week if I'd known. This thing looks cool as shit. Yeah. yeah. No, it's. I would definitely say it's fun. They've got two modes right now. Uh, there's the uh, three-man team mode, and then there's a one-on-one mode. But the one on or not the one on one, but the yeah, single player, you know, yeah, battle royale. But the true the whole battle map royale. Is, yeah, but the whole map is foggy, so you can't just like see from far away, kind of thing. I'm okay like, with that. Yeah, so it's kind of neat. Um, one of the things I do kind of like is the res system. So, like, let's say, let's say, you know, I get killed in the game, and I have two partners who are still alive. You you become reanimated, but you can't do anything. But you can run to a like a yellow res pad, mm-hmm. and your friends can go to that and bring you back into the game. So, huh? Yeah. So even if you're like two people on your team get wiped out, they can run across the map to another res area that's available. And if your partner who's alive still goes there, they can bring you back to life. So you have to make sure you take out the whole team. Otherwise, they can just get rezzed again. So, but it's not like Gulag in uh, in modern. Was it in Warzone, the uh, COD one? Because in that one, you have to go into like a this weird like one on one match, and then if you win, you you have a chance to get brought back into the game. Sure. Like, no, your 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 teammates can go find a res pad that you're standing in and bring you back to life. At the same time, the enemy team can camp out a res pad, hoping you're trying to go there. But the thing is, you're not tied to a specific res pad. If you go to one and it looks like it's pretty fishy, because you can you can see the enemy players on the map while you're dead, so you can also let people know in chat, hey, watch out, this area is still bad. Oh, they're coming around the corner. Kind of like do commentary and let people know. Um, you can just run to another res pad that's kind of free of people being there. So how do you permanently die then? Your whole team gets killed. Gotcha. So as long as your team's mm. active, you can come back. Yes. Yeah, we had a scenario where two guys on our team got wiped out. Uh, the one dude ran away. We followed him to another res pad area that was nearby, and he brought us both back to life. So, yeah, it's 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 a, a kind of cool premise for the game. I like the idea that there's double jump and stuff like that. Like it plays a lot more like it's very um, it, Unreal Tournament esque. It feels like it's closer to the Titanfall battle royale I want than Apex is. Yeah, mm. like it, it's fast, which is what I like about it. Oh yeah, yeah no, it's I, definitely fast. Yeah. Definitely fast. So um, I've had some fun playing that recently. And like I said, I, I mean, I, if you wanted to play it, just find somebody on Twitch who's streaming it. Watch them for 20 minutes as long as your Ubisoft account linked to your Twitch account. And you'll get the drop in like 20 minutes and then sure. you can jump the game. So it is technical test, so bear that in mind. But they do have a cool thing right now where if you 
uh, are playing during your technical test, any items you unlock from their quote-unquote battle pass that's you don't pay for anything, you get to keep when the game goes live. So. Mm. But it's all cosmetic shit. Uh, yeah, other than that, um, just kind of, we're, we're working, at this point, we're in that weird phase for WoW for me. Um, well, actually, just to round up Hyperscape, check it out. It's a fun game. Technical test, see how it goes. Yes, it's really um, access, technically, or it's yeah. beta, I guess, technically. I don't know. Oh, I don't even know if it's, I mean, it's probably beta, but I know they're calling it a technical test. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so check it out. Uh, yeah. And then I guess as far as other games go, <clears throat> we're in that weird phase of WoW where it's the content drought before the next expansion hit. So it's kind of figuring out what characters and what classes you're going to play for the new expansion. That's kind of where I'm at right now as far as that goes. We're just still clearing content and selling raid runs for gold. Mm. Stuff like that. Um, gosh, what else? <clears throat> I can't think of anything else other than like the fireworks show this year was a lot more than I expected. I think it's probably because, I don't, I don't know, my theory is with all the stuff with quarantine and everything going on, people needed something to give them some sense of normalcy, I guess. This is just me being completely hypothetical at this point. But it felt like there was a lot more fucking fireworks. At least in my neck of the woods, there absolutely were. Well, according to just the flyover by the news teams, there's a lot more fireworks going on. Way more. It just looked like the city was on fire. That's how many. It was just constantly going off. Yeah. Like, just so many different parts. It's crazy. But, yeah. um, Other than that, like, it's, um, I, I've had an all right week. I mean, I am drinking at 11.30 in the morning, but, you know, other than that, things are looking up. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my week. Henry, what do you got for us this week? Well, I finally decided to really dive into Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online 2. Like, super dive in. Um, I'm about at level 30 now. Mm. Which is still, I guess, what's the level cap? I don't even know what the level cap is. I thought it was 30 or something, wasn't it? No, 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 it's not 30. No, I'm already over 30. I'm in 31. I don't know what the level cap is. Is the 30 or 50? Apparently? Uh, for what again? Sorry, which game? I think it's level 75. 75 yeah, level sounds 70. right, yeah. Or, actually, I think they moved it up to 95, actually, now. So, yeah. Uh, so I've got quite a ways to go before I get anywhere near the level cap. It's already starting to be a sense of it's it's taking longer to get levels now. So it is starting to sort of get a little more difficult. Like the first 20 levels went by real fast. Sure. Um, I don't know what where you guys are at, if you guys can kind of continue to play on it. I bit. weirdly tapped out. Like as excited as I was about that game, the season of Destiny actually being... Mm good really got it in the way of me playing it yeah i guess um i don't know to a certain extent i have been playing a lot less destiny 2 even though i've been enjoying the season i don't know i guess it's more of a sense of like i guess having played it so much last season when it wasn't good yeah kind of it didn't really burn me out completely but uh, i don't know i guess i got a lot of fill of (laughs) destiny 2 but also, I had been kind of missing something like Fantasy Star Online too, and I kind of feel bad because you know I now 
I'm splitting time between three large games. Like, I haven't logged into Terra in ages. Like, it's been quite a while, and I like that game. It's just, and I think it still has some of the best art and design I've seen in the MMOs. Still, like, I like, I think Fantasy Star 2 looks really good. Yeah. Uh, or Fantasy Star Online 2 looks really good, but Terra looks amazing. But, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star Online 2, in part because I enjoyed the first one a lot. And it's really weird. The second one, in a very good way, takes a lot of cues of the first one, including the music still has the same sort of feel to it, which I, I enjoy the music. And but it even uses the same sound effects, like for picking for picking up items and menu stuff. It's 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 almost kind of weird how similar it is to the first one, just with updated graphics. And they're doing a lot with a little. I mean, you talk about a very well optimized game, for as good as it looks. Even though you can kind of tell where they've kind of cut some corners. It it runs on anything. Yeah, like it's really, really low on resources. The game has enough style to it, kind of helps hide some of the weird bad parts. Yeah, but yeah, it's I I am still just shocked at how well it runs. Yeah, and of course we've you know mentioned it many times. Hilariously, it's a seven year old game that we're just now getting, but it's great. I like it a lot. It's. I see, I visibly see, just in every way, the improvements that they made on the interface and how things work and everything. I I think there is a good mix of, there's not too many different types of things you need to level things up. Like, all right, so that's, that's something I kind of talked about with the Final Fantasy War of the, uh, the uh, War of the, uh, I can't even remember the name of it because I haven't logged in for a long time. Uh, War of the Visions, Grave mm-hmm. Exvius War of the Visions, because mm-hmm. there's too many different items needed to level things, and just levels have levels. It's it, it it's an insane amount. Uh, Fantasy Star Online too, I feel like has a has a good good number. Like your weapons and armor have items, but it's they all kind of tend to use the same items. There's not. I don't feel like there's like a million different types of item types of items and classes of items that you need. Basically you need photon drops and grinders and things like that. And that's kinda it. You don't really need too much. You don't have to go too crazy to level your items or to level you know so it doesn't feel as overwhelming. It yeah. There's not like like you don't like I mean to put it in perspective there's only one type of grinder yeah. that you need for your items. Whereas in Final Fantasy Brave Exvius War of the Visions, there's like four different just... Uh, it goes into not just items to level, uh, or things needed to level items, but it's like there's different uh, classes of these things. Alright, so it's uh, different uh, elements in the game. It's like Oh no! You have to have the fo- two types of fire element items to level up this item. So it's like it just quadruples the number of items that you need to keep track of and try to grind for. And it's yeah, I didn't like that about it. But yeah, if as Star Online too, there's only a few different types of things that you need, and that's it. You you aren't 
grinding for insanely different types of items. You just have a few different types, and it's enough. It's enough to keep me, you know, motivated to keep kind of trying to get items, but it's not so overwhelming. I I'm playing a. I think I mentioned this before. I'm playing a bouncer Dooman. Hmm. Bouncer is a fun class. I really like it. I like the close range classes, and it they do a ton of damage. Oh, they're they're a good tank. I I can just see it working really well in a group as a tank because they are drawing. They will be drawing lots of fire, and they have very good escape abilities. Like they, it, it's it's pretty easy to get to get out of trouble. So. Yeah, you will. You could definitely. I, I see it as a pretty solid taking tanking class because they can do a ton of damage in a very small amount of time, mm. and then get out of dodge real quickly too. Uh, it's yeah. So I I like that as a class. It's I wanted to try out something new because you know I played the first one, so I wasn't too interested in playing the classes that were in the first one. You know, the ranger and the yeah uh, ranger and the mage and the gunner or whatever know, it's called gunner yeah. yeah uh yeah so yeah it's it's different enough uh but yeah it's i am enjoying the class it's definitely a change it's a it's a close range class where i'm sticking with the jet boots because i like i just like them better uh and also it's better because they if you're wanting to cast spells you're the thing that allows you to cast more power, your tech damage applies to your boots, but it also applies to spells. So if you're kind of doing both, it's the one to go with. I'm also going with the, after doing a bit of research, my mag I'm making entirely for uh, tech, tech damage, tech power, um, which is actually pretty easy to do, to do these sort of single stat mags. And just make basically, it's making my attacks so powerful. Is I, I, it's all you have to do is feed it uh, tech items like uh, like state like wands. I always and... like the mag system. It's like it's your little buddy. You feed items you don't want or need to make yourself more powerful. Yeah, and it's it's more refined than it was before. I feel like it's a little bit easier to do. In a lot of ways, yeah. Um, the the systems easier and easier to understand, and yeah, it's it, it. They have improved on the original so much, on the first one so much. It's it's obvious, and and at this point, we're getting a very finished game here. That is, like it's well polished because it's been out for that many years. We you're getting an extremely well polished game, and I think it's great. But that's that's pretty much all I played this week. Just sunk all of my time into that yeah. because uh, I I finally got the controller kind of things I needed to be able to run my to use my my wireless controller, my wireless three sixty controller. So yeah, and it works great with it. So other than that, uh, I just. Yeah, not too, not too much more. Just watch case files of Jeweler Richard. Keep um, it's, I just like it. Like it's dealing with emotions and sort of relationships in a nuanced and mature way. It it's it's well done. I just and I'm nearing the end of the series now. It's only twelve episodes for this season, 
but yeah, uh, it's really good. Really like it. It's it's realistic and yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really good series. But yep, that was pretty much. Oh yeah, that, I just wanted to mention that. Right now, there's a crossover with Konosuba, <laughs> one of my favorite animes. It's a weird crossover. It's just for cosmetics. Uh, but tempted to actually buy buy some credits so I can maybe get a chance of getting some of those cosmetics because that's a series I like. Uh, yeah, it's a crossover with Fantasy Star Online too. So yeah, but yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. All right. <sighs> that means news o'clock. Do we have to? Unfortunately, Alex, we have to. It's it's half the point of this podcast. <sighs> and I like the big size. <laughs> Let's <sighs> get in the news. Da, 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 da. That's gotta do like a. All right, we're gonna start you off with a funny one this week. Uh, we're Crucible tanked so hard. Remember Crucible, that game I said was terrible and underbaked? Well, it oh, tanked yeah. so hard it unreleased itself. <laughs> That's... I've never heard of it. Well, I take that back. Final Fantasy fourteen was one of those that was so bad it went back into the drawing board. And yeah, true. That was like a butterfly. You know, it put itself in a cocoon, it came back out, and it bloomed into a beautiful butterfly. Crucible, I don't know if shit can cocoon itself. Um, I've never <laughs> heard of that being the case. <laughs> I would be curious to see how that evolves, but um, I mean, it's like... I mean, it's possible, like... But what changes could it actually get that would make it better? Smaller maps, better gameplay. Like, Don't get me wrong, fixing that game will be hard, and... That's that's my issue. Yeah, no, that's I, what that's what I'm talking about. And it's like I, I think it's one of those ones where the conversation to be had about that game isn't so much what's wrong with it, but why does this game possibly exist? Like, what sets it apart from anything else? It kind of feels like, and that's my problem with it. it it's it is a it is a shining example of a game that does not need to exist. It's filling no void. The like MOBA whatever you call it, fest is long over kind of thing. Like, I I don't know who this game is for that better, more established games don't already exist for this kind of style, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things they're going to do is reinvent the Battle Pass system, and it's just going to be called Crucible Prime. I, how about they reinvent the game as something fun to play? But well, I mean, it's really easy. You just toss out all the mechanics, storyline, the <laughs> gameplay, the developers, um, the voice actors, um, everybody. Just toss them all out, and then from there, you have a nice kind of camera. Yeah. I take that Basically, back. That was a little... make a better game. Just make a better game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> uh... All right, so we're going to alternate kind of neutral to fun news or like non-controversial news or at least news that we have fun talking about with uh stuff we don't want to talk about necessarily so it's uh time for one of our very bad uncomfortable news to talk about now so let's talk about ubisoft and i don't know where to start on this one i'm hoping you do henry i don't know either but i'm curious to see. yeah i i don't know too much about this one so yeah henry if you can give us a summary of what's going on here all right. So we've it's 
it's been a weird week uh, for Ubisoft. I, I mean, we we kind of touched on this before last week. Yeah, we talked week, about it last but, week, definitely. But it's everything's kind of like just kind of more information is coming out about what it was like there, and it's sounding an awful lot like Riot situation oh, where right. where there's like a company culture of just not being good at dealing with sexual harassment, and this is a thing that's it's it's kind of been very rampant in the video game industry, just like in many industries. But yeah, there's, like, one person is referring to the it as mafia-like. It's real weird, and it sounds like a really bad sort of... I, I say, I didn't know this about Ubisoft. I've never done had any dealings with them. Yeah, this one was surprising to me. Like, I'd never heard anything... I, it's weird, you never heard anything bad or good about Ubisoft culture, except they're kind of shitty to... They're testers, but everyone's kind of shitty to their testers. Yeah, but we're seeing reports of just... And that's the thing, it's like, one report, it's like, that's real bad, and it's an, but you could call it an aberration. And you're getting multiple reports talk that seem to be echoing the exact same things. It's a pattern. There's a systemic problem there with the culture, with how they deal with things. It's really weird. It's... It's really bad, and yeah, it's kind of finally coming home to roost for Ubisoft. So all these reports are finally coming out. People are feeling empowered to talk about what their experience was like there, and it's real bad. So I mean, there's there's sort of a if you go to Gamasutra, there's a good breakdown of it. You, a lot of reports of it, it kind of brings together all the different reports of how they and sort of an analysis of the toxicity of the culture. And, like, it started off especially weird this week with Ubisoft got out there and announced that they are planning to... They have something called an editorial group, which I didn't fully... I, I still don't fully understand what that is within the company, but I get the impression it's kind of, like, the top-level management of that studio in some way. And, like, I guess they're, they're, they're officially announcing plans to try and actually, you know, diversify that even a little compared to what it is currently, so... Which is in all white guys yeah. right now. It's that's it's all white guys, and, and that's, that's where this started. Weird. And then the abuse allegations started popping up, and now yes, we're it here. includes racist yeah. abuse. Racist. Let's just throw that in there. It's like homophobia and racism are are among the the problems there, and it's real bad. It sounds uh, yeah, terrible. It, if you can, if this is another instance of like if you can name a toxic behavior, there are allegations about it, basically. Yeah, and so, I mean, there's, so as a result, we're seeing them starting to respond to it, like, the CEO is trying, said that they're going to try to make a group dedicated to sort of trying to deal with this, um, a multidisciplinary working group, and so that they can find better solutions and tools to detect, report, and resolve any incident or serious problem without delay in an impartial manner. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Sounds like sort of corporate speak for we're. It's just we'll put a team on it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure how seriously I can take that. It's same as I can. I have trouble, you know, really thinking that Riot is really changing their culture because, by anecdotal accounts, it doesn't seem like they are really serious about it. It's it's sort of. I'm sorry. Still, a sense of I'm sorry I got caught, rather than 
I'm sorry, I want to change. Well, and that's what makes the Ubisoft one so weird is that, like, this announcement got out there before everything else broke, and it was like, okay, it's cool they're doing this, I guess, but also I'm cynical, and oh, that's why, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it's... Following this yeah, this week it's... was absolutely a, okay, what happened at Ubisoft that, ah, I see what happened at Ubisoft. I mean, they're... <clears throat> they're... The major, you know, major executive, vice president of editorial has resigned. Should have been fired. Yeah. I'm sick of people being allowed to resign that were terrible. Is that means they usually get a golden parachute out of it. If they're allowed to resign instead of just getting fired and losing their, you know, losing benefits and stuff like that. They should have just, that's the thing. And that's why, you know, yet another reason why I'm not taking it, you know, I don't take their, I'm sorry is very seriously because they're allowing people to quit rather than saying we fired these people for being terrible. Yeah. They've been allowed to resign. Well, and for those and... who don't get this, like at a, at, at any level fired versus leaving of your own accord comes with a variety of emphasis at the kind of executive corporate level. It means a hell of a lot. Like you often keep stock options and a variety of other things like that. Yeah. So there's there's major benefits that this person's going to be able to keep and receive for quitting instead of being fired. Yeah. And that's that's that just tells me they're not really fucking serious about this. They're they're talking about it because it's reached you know, it's reached public ears and but it feels like that's the only reason that they're doing any they're saying talking about this stuff. Same with Riot. They, they we haven't seen people fired really. I mean, they're especially not really big people higher up in the company you know a few people resigning means fucking nothing to me yeah. fire these fucking abusive assholes then i'll start to maybe take your ser- take you seriously till that happens i'm gonna keep saying you're full of bullshit make a better company culture you complete assholes i mean holy shit I mean, but, you know, I'm just, you know, I hate, hate that we keep having to bring this back up, but you know what? It's going to keep coming back up as long as it's continuing to be allowed to exist in these companies. And we're going to keep hearing about this from other companies. I mean, get your shit together. Like, come on. I mean, how hard is it to tell people maybe you should, like, give a shit about other people and not be an asshole? But, I mean, that's that's apparently too far too much to ask of some people it's 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 ridiculous yeah. and the we these as you know i i don't i hate having to report on this i hate that we yeah. that we end up having to report on this yeah uh, for those of for those of our listeners that are like why do you keep reporting this if you don't like to because it's important and it's affecting the games industry and that's what this podcast is kind of about yeah i mean we 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 deep dive a bit less into we don't do as many game reviews, you know, it's like, we, we, we'll we talk about a week and that's kind of a review of a game, but we like to talk, focus a lot about what's the industry doing? What is the industry like? Like, what's, you know, and yeah, if that's, if this is what the news is, this is what we're going to talk about. <sighs> yep. All right. Moving on to our next piece of news. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn reaches Epic and Steam Store. On August seventh, I look forward to that. Same. It seems like a really cool game, and I love this. It is one of the best PS4 games that came out kind of this generation. It's a lot of fun. I 
building off some things we were just talking about, like it's a cool main character that happens to be a woman. It's the setting for it is unbelievably badass. Like it's the game got some flack for kind of some weird cultural appropriation stuff. If you've actually played the game, the explanation for it is like a huh. That's actually really kind of cool, and the way the game handles such topics is pretty badass in its own way, too. Hmm. Like, it's it's an unbelievably well-realized world for a first iteration in a franchise, and mm-hmm. it's a game about hunting giant mecha animals, which is unbelievably cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had a ton of fun playing it. I'm super excited for the sequel of it. This appears... the. The version you're getting appears to be kind of like the complete edition, meaning it comes with that northern expansion. Hmm. That did a That's lot of stuff cool. to change that game up in some cool ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. That's a game I w- really would like to play. That's been a, you know, a console exclusive so far. So, yeah, it's a yeah. best of the generation game, definitely. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely yeah. have to check it out then. Yeah, like I... I like I like Horizon Zero Dawn more than I like Spider Man, but like if you're mm. picking the two best PS4 games of this console generation, them two and God of War are the three that are slugging it out for the top spots. Mm, true. So the fact that other people get to play this one, I think, is a huge get. And like the, yeah. they're not the best best games, but like for being new things or taking some real risks or stuff, like they're unbelievable games. Yeah, it's Horizon's a cool ass game. That if you're interested, you should absolutely check out and play. Yeah, I also want to thank all the PS4 players for beta testing Horizon oh, Zero Dawn. Thank you. <laughs> now that it's coming to PC, I just want to thank you guys for. You know out what, Alex? is push. We're talking about Evo now. <laughs> oh, you did uh, this to you, Evo. Evo, what Evo? What the fuck you're talking about? There's yeah, no so Evo. this is gonna be a two-parter. Our, our first off, Evo has been canceled, y'all. Yeah. It's so, just let, let zero me, happening. Let me give you the timeline of events of what's going on here. Um, so, earlier this week, um, we had uh, allegations come out. Not about, I mean, we had allegations come out with stuff going on with players and things like that. Um, it got pretty out there. And then it turns out um, the CEO of fucking Evo himself, Mr. Wizard Joey, was it? I can't even pronounce his last name. I forgot how to spell it. Or spell it. Maylar? I- I'm sorry. Uh, I sure, Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard uh, had some pretty gnarly fucking shit come out about him, and everyone was like, yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge when he comes to Evo. So you had commentator after commentator, like Casey Steve, uh, what's it called, drop out. You had Max Million Dude drop out. Because he was supposed to commentate Killer Instinct this year, and he, which was, he was really stoked about, actually. And then you had, like, Mortal Kombat come out and say, nope, we're, we're not going to be involved. Um, basically, every one of the big games for that, for Evo, were coming out, dipping out, and saying, yeah, no, we're, we're getting out of here. We're not getting yeah, involved in this shit. Yeah, them's fighting her, it's stepped out. So, I mean, it's kind of everybody. Yeah, and so shortly after, uh, Evo as an organization, puts out a statement saying that Joey, or well, Mr. Wizard, is no longer part of the organization and has been removed as CEO of EVO. Uh, one of the Canon twins, I guess, I don't know if it's twins, but one of the Canon brothers is taking over uh, as the new lead for that. <clears throat> oh yeah, it's 
Tony. Tony Ponder Cannon, uh, who's been involved in Evo just as much as, like, everyone else does when it became, like, a thing. So he mm-hmm. will be taking over moving forward, but um, everyone is essentially just not going to... There's just no Evo. There's no Evo this year at all. Yeah, for a, for a thing that was canceled because COVID and is now what was coming back as an online thing that we all were kind of like, ah, how's that going to work exactly? It's just totally canceled now. Oh yeah, completely collapsed. I mean, everybody pulled out of it, and that's the thing. When it's when it's the CEO, hmm, um, and when you read about what he did and, and him, the thing is, in this case, he's admitted to it. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm not, I don't even want to, I'm not going to actually talk about it, but it's really bad. Like, you, you can, you know, our listeners, you know, y'all can read up on this if you want to. say what it is, though, too. Like, these, these are not, like, light allegations. I'm trying to find the exact... So, a lot of these fucking allegations with some of these FGC guys are, like, pedophilic in nature, which is fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people have described... Basically, he was, like... I yeah, Honestly, I didn't even want to really say... I, I say... Let's just say, yeah, it involves pedophilia, but it's like, if you want to know, you know, what happened, you know, what was going on, read up on it, because I'm No, yeah, we, we, really we've said say. the word I think is important to say for this. Like, it's not like, this isn't max, this isn't match-fixing, this isn't, like, collusion, this is, like, straight-up illegal shit. Yeah. 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 Like, dealing with fucking, was it, 17-year-old... Apparently this dude fucking preyed on teenage boys. Yeah. Uh, Again, just to put this at the disclaimer, these are allegations. Nothing has been proven, but this is what's coming out from recently with a lot of these people coming out saying, like, this is shit that happened to me. And, like, yeah. Just a bunch of people were like, yeah, no, until this gets fucking looked at or anything like that, we're walking the fuck away. And so you had, like, was it Tasty Steve? Sonic Fox dropped out. Sajam, yep. who's a great commentator. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Steven Lyon, Sajam. He's a great fucking commentator. I like him a lot. Um, he also dropped out. Like, just, yeah, it was just a domino effect of people like getting the fuck out. And sure enough, it just it all just shut down this year. So, um, I mean, and that's just. And that's just the FGC, the real fighting game stuff. You have stories coming out of the Smash, which I was telling Charlie about. I had no fucking idea. Yeah, Apparently, so this is I, a thing. what I am learning, and it's that, and this is kind of a thing that I'm surprised. Maybe I should explain kind of some of my disdain for Smash a while ago. Part of the reason the FGC as an overall body busts on Smash a little bit is it's always been kind of a weird, uncomfortable situation, and not because Nintendo won't acknowledge it as a thing but because there has been for a very long time, and I'm talking like, I think even maybe going back as far as Melee, you heard stories of certain allegations floating around about various players, like, and they never stuck, and no one ever came forward, so again, you just kind of heard stories of stuff happening that, like, and maybe this is always my interpretation of it, but like, it always seemed like FGC had to tolerate the Smash community because it was unbelievably popular, but, like, part of the, the Smash isn't real FGC jokes came as a way to distance themselves, at least partially, 
because like it's always been this very uncomfortable topic because of what Alex is about to explain. Yeah. So apparently a lot of these guys, and not just guys, but like girls in this whole thing, like there was a story that came out about some, I can't remember her name, but she, she was 24 preying on the fucking 14 year old uh, at these Smash tournaments. Um, I guess one of the bigger names when it comes to the Smash stuff is Zero. One of the like high ranking like Smash players announced he had stuff come out. Uh, he came out and admitted, I guess, what's going on. Uh, and he's banning himself from all future Smash Brothers tournaments, which really seems like a, hey, I'm walking away. No, you were kicked the fuck out. Yeah. Let's, let's make this fucking real. And if this is feeling kind of deja vu, I swear a couple months back, we talked about something similar to this to Smash that we were like, okay, let's see what comes of this. And the, pull, and the move people were playing were like, Oh, I'm gonna ban myself for a little while, and I'm like, no, 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 this is gonna get worse. Yeah, no, this, this. Oh, I'm banning myself. Bullshit. No, you're not getting yeah. banned. You're walking away because you got fucking caught, like, mm-hmm. or this shit's coming out, and you're trying to. No, fuck you. Um. Anyway, uh, good riddance to this dude because I guess he admitted it, so I, I don't have to speculate on this dude. Um, he's been kicked out of Tempo Storm and lost his exclusive streaming rights deal with Facebook Gaming. So. Uh, yeah, good riddance to shitty people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's just, holy shit. I need to, hold on, let me get a drink. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... Okay. And I guess while we're talking about this, I'm sure people are familiar with me, and I haven't done it in a while, speaking disparagingly about the competitive Pokemon scene. They're the next one I'm expecting these types of stories to come out of while we're kind of on this topic of mm. me clearing up some of my weird biases against certain gaming scenes. Like, they're not the same stories, but, like, as a reminder, Pokemon got banned from a hotel that hosted them because there was a literal shit fight in one of the rooms. <sighs> oh, God. One, one sec. I don't... Do I need to grab another beer for this fucking episode? Because I swear to God, I'm almost done with this. I'd, <laughs> I, I, I'd argue Evo's probably the worst of this week, but uh, we're going to build you back up now with a couple uplifting, not controversial gaming stories to talk about as part of news. So, yeah. Yeah, can we get some like ble- some podcast bleach, if you will? And yeah. Give me something nice here. Uh, Xbox, host, uh, Xbox is hosting a massive demo event called uh summer game fest uh well not well the, they're, that's part they're of the summer, part game of summer. Fest, sorry yeah yeah oh. and this is with our friend uh mr keely yep mr keely yeah yep i so, hope to god nothing yeah. comes out about him i so hope he's gonna, a kind this... soul i couldn't yeah. fucking take it he's the hero we need right now oh please yep. yeah there's yeah so this it sounds really cool so essentially well, they're going to be putting out tons of demos, so you'll be able to go on their channel and check out games. Like, actually remember play games. demos? Yeah, I I remember. Is that the thing where you would pay for it to play it early above other people? No, that, that that's early access. No, free. Oh no. fuck! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that the thing I have to pre-order for to get like a limited time play of it? Is that what that is? I can't remember. Mm. The word demo has been lost for so many generations <laughs> in the gaming industry. I don't know. What's the catch? 
What's the catch? What do I have to do? Am I, do I have to buy loot boxes to get in? You have to download the game. That's the catch. No, 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 no. This is too fucking easy. No, no, no. no, no. Do I have to sign away my firstborn to Facebook or Google? No, you just go to a website and you download the game. Charlie, you're not hearing me, dude. I want to play the game. <laughs> what do I have to do to play it? Because you're describing something that just seems really surreal here. Okay, Alex, you specifically, you send me $5 for each game you want to try, but for everyone else, they get to just go to a website and try a game for free. You know what? I need Jeff on the line. We need him to come up with a convoluted scenario like the old email gag about how to download the fucking demo because I'm not buying your malarkey about how to download the demo. That's fair. You probably go to like the demo section of Xbox and download from there. There's a demo section? What the fuck? There is, is on PSN. I assume there's still one on Xbox, technically. Okay. But yeah, they are. They essentially, uh, what's going to be different though is. Most of the demos you find are of mostly finished games. Like, you know, kind of still being finalized, but not quite done. These yeah. demos that they're going to put out here are actually very early access. This is like some so, E3-level stuff, too. It's kind of cool. Like you're getting a real peek yeah. behind the curtain on some of this stuff. I, I, I will say, like, if this becomes popular and people see a lot more interaction with it, especially because they just... Re like, honestly, like, we've talked about it before, and I know you've said it at great length, Charlie. Like, the concept of E3 is dead, Yeah, to be honest with you. Like, even before COVID and everything else, the idea of what Evo, or, or sorry, Evo, what, what E3 was, was kind of just a dead, like, it's, it's an old archaic thing that we were attached to because it was a thing. I honestly think if this takes off well yeah. and, like, Keely sees it through, if anybody can see something like this, this through, it's fucking Keely. Yeah, uh, I, the, the Summer Games Fest has been cool in a way I didn't expect it to be. Like, it yeah. hasn't been perfect, but, like, I'm like, yeah, this has been alright. Yeah. So if anybody can see this through, it's him. I honestly think this should be the future of E3, is a full digital, open to the public, even if you wanted to do something just to hook people to be like, oh, you can pay, like, ten bucks to support indie devs. Like, well, let's do this. I'm gonna throw this idea out there. You can sign up for a digital, like, Full access pass to the summer games thing or whatever. You pay ten bucks. Those ten dollars get split amongst all the indie developers who get pulled in to help demo their stuff for the games, and it raises money. People get out there, get free advertising, things like that. I think it's a great system, and this is just a hypothetical. I would love to get involved in that. So, Keely, if you're listening to this podcast, hit me up. I've got some great ideas, and I swear I'll be sober for them. Yeah. Anyway, um. Yeah, no, I think this is I think this is a great like Yeah, I like think about all the cool moments you had in previous E3s where they're like, and the demo is available right now. This is the same thing just not being said by an EA executive. Right? Yeah. I hope well, you know, my only fear is that they might be sort of forcing people to create builds when they're not really ready to do so. Sure, and that is always the problem with this, yeah. Yeah. But that. that's also been the problem with EA, or not EA, E3 going back. was like, yeah, we have to have a playable build right now for demos at E3. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. It's, or, it's really weird. Like, video game devs, unlike even other develop software developers, are expected to push out, like, builds of unfinished games. It'd, it'd be like, like going to a painter and, like, taking their canvas while they're, when they're halfway done with it. 
being like, nope, nope, I gotta show this to people now. Yeah. Any yeah. artist would be pissed about that. Yeah. You know, or, you know, like, if, if you're getting your car fixed and they're like, they're halfway done with fixing it, and you're like, nope, you're done. I'm gonna drive away now. And they're like, we're not actually done fixing your car. It's, like, it's, it's this weird idea of they having to put out unfinished work, which no artist should be asked to do. And developers, you know, everybody involved in the development process, you know, your programmers, your designers, everybody, your testers, they deserve better than to kind of put out a half-finished piece. Now, if it is like a, you know, a build that they are ready to kind of show early access to and get feedback on, you know, maybe, you know, that's really what they're wanting is public feedback on it. That makes sense. But if they're just being forced to push out something that's like half-finished and not fully realized, it's it. I think it also puts an unfair sort of criticisms on the developers for like, why is this so bad? Why isn't doing this? Why isn't finished? Because it's a demo. Yeah. But it, that's the thing. I think it opens developers up to some unfair criticism of like, yeah, this is unfinished. That's the point of a demo. It's 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 being put out there so that there, you can get early feedback on things. It, it doesn't need to be a hate fest. Yeah, and that's I, and and that's and that's my worry about it. It's just it's a weird. No, situation I'm absolutely where... with you. Like the idea of a demo is so dead at this point that it's like, oh, this game's bad. It's a demo. Yeah, I mean, just think like if you know Disney decided to put out, you know, they had to you know put out a show, but they're like, but here's a preview of next week's episode, but it has no post production. So it sounds and looks kind of like crap. Do you think people would be would be into that? Like, yes, show us the half finished show that hasn't even been into post production yet. Wouldn't that be really weird? But they aren't asked to do that. I mean, it's it's weird that video game developers, even of you know game like deve- like sort of software development in general, are asked to put out sort of a not finished work for early testing. It's kind of weird. But uh, but I do like demos, but I don't want it to be a case of they're just rushing out to put out a build, and then they get unfairly dragged for what is an unfinished work. Like I think I think part of the disclaimer when you sign up for like Summer Games Fest, we did something like that. Is like these are all demos. If we find out you fucking message these people giving them hate for a demo, you will be banned from future Summer Games Fest yeah. demos. Assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it could be a good future for like a replacement tree that isn't taking up actual physical space, but is way more open to the public. And one might argue reaches more gamers actually to give them a better sense of what's coming. Absolutely. So there will be, I think they've announced 60 games, at least 60 games. Um, possibly up to a hundred actually. When they're when, but they've already said that sixty games are going to have demos. Um, but yeah, but up to uh, it might the final number might be up to a hundred. And yeah, uh, I, I think it. Yeah, I yeah. Despite my reservations, I think it could be a very neat experience, very nice experience. I also just want to point out, for the sake of pointing it out, that. I guess this is something that was being tossed around by Steam, and they were offering like 900 demos. Mm. And this is just kind of another style yeah. of it. Where's Epic and their demos, huh, Charlie? Mm. 
Same good, epic bad. Mm. Epic bad. I had to get it in one time this week. <laughs> I wrote one in here for you, even, but I'm not sure where it is now. <laughs> Am I going to have to go into a bad story because I brought that joke up? No. Is that happening? No, no, we don't have that many bad stories. We're going to build you back up. We're still cleansing our palates <laughs> after the uh, after uh, Evo. Like, I, I didn't say it while we were talking about Evo, but like the simple fact that like this thing that I've always pointed to as a great thing in the gaming industry gets tainted this way. Like, it sucks. Like, it just, it straight mm-hmm. sucks. And, yeah. It's not meant to diminish the kind of hardships various people have gone through on that one, but, like, seeing something you love and look forward to every year get dragged under the wheels of this reckoning we're going through. A deserved reckoning, FYI. I'm not saying, like, people shouldn't be doing this. It's still like, ah, oh, man, I was really looking forward to watching, like, four weekends of Evo this summer. Like, that would be a cool way to spend July, but... Yeah, I was looking forward to Eva, yeah. man. I, I wanted to, to see them fighting year. herds. I wanted to see that tournament. That's what I was hyped for. KI like, was back. Like that's all you had to do to get me hyped yeah. about Evo this year. Like, fuck. Right? Yeah. Me and Alex talked about like maybe this is the year we go to Evo at one point, kind of thing. Like, yeah. You, God, that was what in like February. Yeah, like this was the year that um Marvel vs. Capcom two was coming back. That got canceled for mm. obvious reasons. So they brought fucking. KI back and like you had me sitting here being like I want to know what top tier KI is like in this modern hellscape we're in and no yeah. like it's yeah it, yeah again not meant to kind of diminish what people are going through on that topic and their bravery they're going through on that but like it just sucks yeah lots of things suck right now like the fact that people had to go through that the fact that these allegations exist because people did shitty stuff and can't control themselves that sucks more than Evo not existing, absolutely, but, yeah. Yeah. I feel I feel like this year is what happens when you give Fallout 76 dev god power. Or when you act like Fallout 76 is still worth playing, maybe. Uh, mm. Can we do a nice, do you have another nice story? That yeah, we'll, no, uh... we're, we're, we're keeping with a couple nice ones for a little bit longer, because to really, really cleanse our palates. Like, the rest of the news we have this week is bad, but, like... Not to sound quantitative, but like, like I think it hits less ho- close to home for the rest of us. Yeah. I kind of keep it on the topic of uh, the bigs doing cool stuff, though. PlayStation Indies has focused up, has announced they're going to really fucking focus on, you know, independent developers. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, they, they want to bring uh, indie games to, like, uh, one part of it is to bring some of them to the PlayStation Now subscription service. So that's that's, really- that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it- it's a, and that's a great way to introduce people to, you know, there again, like indie games that they might not normally see. So, yeah. Well, and like one of my favorite things of the PlayStation Plus experience was it wasn't always at launch, but they got some fantastic indie games on there that either I didn't know about at the time or I'd known about and been like, I don't have the money to pay for it right now. Like, one of my favorite puzzle games of all time, I'm blanking on the name, it's, it's um, play as an astronaut, and you're making, like, replications of yourself. That was a free game from them at one point, and mm. it is still one of my favorite puzzle games to date, period. And, like, the, the PlayStation 4, not so much, but the PlayStation 3 had just an unbelievable indie community around it, and that was really cool, and the fact they're kind of looking at this and going, yeah, we should bring that back. It's nice. I I like this. Like, we gave No Man's Sky a lot of flack for being No Man's Sky, but, like, 
that was a PlayStation launch game, technically. Not yeah. launched. It launched on PlayStation and PC at the same time, not Xbox. Like, it's nice to see that PlayStation and Sony in general are kind of willing to continue the trend of, yeah, no, we believe in indies, and people we get that people like playing them a lot. Some of the best games of this last uh, console generation have been indies, after all. Yeah. Yeah, like, our, our game of the year last year, like, depending on how you think of that, is technically an indie game. Like, an indie game with a giant figurehead behind it, but, like, it wasn't made by any of the major students. Yeah, it raised a fuck ton of money via Kickstarter, but... It kind of it straddles that weird line between like AAA indies and normal AAA game. Yeah. All right, bad topic time again. Oh, hold on, let me take a drink. I guess kind of continuing with our FGC news a little bit. Uh, Skullgirls, a game that's very beloved by me. I'm not sure how you two feel about it. Um, I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, honestly, hmm? I, I'm man. I bought it really early on too. Mike uh, Zaymont, one of the heads at uh, the behind Skullgirls, um, like on the other studio right now, has uh, is facing a, a collection of uh, sexual harassment allegations. Uh, I'm not sure the streamer Bunny started it, but that was kind of the weirdest of them. But since then, more have come to light, and yeah, again, it's like yeah, no, this is there's a couple you can nitpick for being a little weird, but at the same time, though, too. Dude is inappropriate in all of them. Like I, Henry's kind of pointing out before we started the, started the podcast that like there's a professional way of responding to a message saying like I think the Yuri representation of BDSM in your game is fantastic, and it's just like yep, cool, you appreciated that. Not the flirty ongoing responses that came out of this guy on this one, and that's the problem there. Yeah. Uh, he also I don't know. Apparently, he says a lot of weird shit during recent. Uh, showings, and I guess one of the things that like yeah. kind of broke the camel's back, if you will, is he made a I can't breathe. Yeah, I, the guy has a fantastic history of incredibly terrible foot and mouth disease. The I can't breathe one is, I think, the most recent one. Like, and this goes back a little ways too. Uh, it's, I think, with everything going on around Evo right now, people are, you know, finally feeling brave enough to step forward, or like feeling safe to step forward. I guess, like, it's. The, the reckoning continues, I think, is the phrase I've kept using this week, and every time yeah, more stuff pops up. One of the other specific people that have come out is yeah. uh, Carbon Gray, who is a writer and organizer, tournament organizer, also a cosplayer. Um, they've also have revealed sort of what was their very weird and uncomfortable interactions with Zymot, so yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, we're we're seeing not, like, an aberrant. We're seeing a pattern yeah. of behavior here by this guy. No, and yeah. again, like, we like the, the unofficial policy on this podcast is, like, one allegation we may mention kind of thing in an offhanded way, but, like, when there's an obvious pattern and multiple instances of it, like, even if half of these aren't true, that means half of them are, and it's still, it's like, that's a number at that point. We're not saying half of these aren't true, FYI. We're just yeah. trying to give, like, One a, is too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the, so it's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, now we have multiple people kind of talking about a pattern, a pattern, you know, yeah. not one or two interactions, but like Carbon Gray is describing five years of interactions with this guy of, and of trying to kind of say something about it and basically being ignored. No, and not to, I guess, kind of expose some of the back end of how we go about judging what we talk about on the podcast. I at least personally am all about patterns. Like it's why we kind of have some of these cyclical news stories on here. Is that like once you can establish multiple data points, 
there's a validity to it at that point that I think like makes a lot of this both worse, but also significantly more valid. And it's not us tiptoeing around it being like allegedly. It's like nah, there, there's a lot of people saying this now. Like there are numerous documentations of this guy not knowing how to appropriately talk to people, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next uplifting news. Fortnite Save the World mode is out of her is no longer gonna be called early access. Yeah, I was like it was it was an early access it, it was the it came out before the 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 Battle Royale. It came out Fortnite. as an early access game technically. Yeah. But it was yeah, it, real weird. It was it came a out we, first. Yeah, yeah. That game is actually a weird topic if you go back to when it came out because you could buy a physical CD of an early access game, technically, which was a whole mindfuck for a bunch of people. And PlayStation does not... They may have changed it since then, but I think the official policy is there are no early access games on the PlayStation 4. And that game was 100% playable on the PlayStation 4, but, like, like PUBG had to be finished before it could come out and stuff like that. Like, it, it was a weird set of conversations around that type of stuff. It's also part of why the No Man's Sky got some of the flack it did, too. Like, if you just labeled that thing at launch a early access game, people would be like, oh, okay, cool, more stuff is coming, but yeah. In other words, the devs who worked on Save the World are like, oh, we can see sunlight again. I didn't know we were allowed to uh, participate <laughs> in, in this universe yet again. Yeah, I... Congratulations to them. In other news, Save the World mode still exists, apparently. Yeah. Like, if you told me they dropped all development time on that, I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. The Battle Royale mode is infinitely more popular than this kind of weird wave-based survival game will probably ever be. That was in development limbo hell for, like, a decade, I want to say. The story of that game is weird. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just kind of, yeah, there again, it's it's weird to see it as, it was in early access? Okay. Yep. Sure. But it's out of it. <laughs> all right next bad news uh we got some ea bad news for you and it's not video game related it's ea is also kind of wading through the mire of ongoing abuse allegations and yeah as as fantastically woke as they were a couple weeks ago with the black lives matter stuff this stuff's not felt as good yep but I mean, there again, we're seeing them say, you know, like much like Ubisoft, you know, we're we're trying to deal with it, but we'll have to see. There again, it's like if we see, you know, people fired over this, then you know, fired over this, then I tend to believe it. I mean, for instance, like, you know, in the case of Evo, he was removed. Like yeah. they did, he didn't get to quit. Yeah. he was fired. And and that's I guess the reason why kind of I'm capable of being positive on Evo and like breaking it down to various people. When you let people leave and you don't fire them and you handle it in this kind of aggressively corporate way, like, and maybe you can't just fire people when you're something the size of EA for contractual reasons, but man, does it make it look worse from the outside. Yep. Unfortunately, we can't give more information on that because EA is being kind of... It's weird. When EA can like win points, they're very like, look at us, we're also part of this, but when... They can't. They are the most tight-lipped corporate entity of the gaming space, it occasionally seems. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't necessarily good news, but it is kind of neutral news, I guess. Uh, based on some price listings for some EA sports games, 
it sure as fuck looks like PS5 and Xbox Series X games are going to be 70 bucks. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the it, it's expected. I mean, that's the thing is like when you have increasingly larger teams working on these AAA yeah. games, it, you know, might need to cost a little bit more. You know, and it's not saying that every game's going to be like that. Like if you go for the smaller studio stuff, which they'll be able to offer games at a bit lower price. I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, let me put it this way: games are way cheaper, even at that, even at the seventy dollars price point. That's way cheaper than NES games used to cost. Like, let's just put it in nineteen eighty dollars. You know, nineteen eighty level of you know of dollar buying. Games were costing sixty to seventy bucks in in nineteen eighties dollars, which I, I don't know how much the inflation that is, but I think that makes them closer to having cost you know a hundred or more dollars in today's in sort of today's worth you know buying worth of dollars. So games I, I have to say are still a bit cheaper than they used to be. Like because the the NES generation and like even the sixteen bit generation Games were mad expensive. That's why most people I know, myself included, we had two or three games for the for the consoles. Like and that's it because they were prohibitively expensive. So, but yeah, uh, I mean, I I think going up to seventy dollars, it's kind of expected for larger games. I mean, the main cost that's gone. The reason I think costs have gone down is because they're putting out way less physical copies, and on cheaper media. I mean, remember NES and like you know the cons the older console generations were all very. It was, yeah. I mean, the hardware was proprietary. You know, it was very so. It was it was costly to make make a cartridge or to make you know that stuff. Whereas now they can just you know you know Blu-ray discs are not expensive to manufacture. They just aren't. There's already the you know stuff in place to deal with that. So. Yeah, but yeah, I'm so I'm not I'm not terribly surprised that the, you know the the baseline price might go up. Yeah, I I think we've been overdue for this for a little while. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I, I guess to a certain extent that's why but the thing is I will say this also sales happen way more often in current generation of games since basically since the 2000s. Like, since we've had, you know, sort of downloadable games that don't require media, they're, they run sales on them way more often. So, I mean, I, I've, I, I'll put it this way. I think almost every title in my Steam library was bought at less than the main price, than the, ask, than the, you know, the market retail price. Whereas, I can't say that about anything that I had for the NES yeah. or Genesis. But yeah, uh, literally my entire collection is like stuff that I bought not at full price. So yeah. that's the other thing. I think the, yeah, the medium price, the medium price is going to go up, but they're still running lots of sales. So it's yeah. like your favorite games, you might be able to catch them on sale. And I hate it's, saying this. It feels like PC gaming is about to have another heyday period, just because you're not changing platforms. Like these new consoles are going to be expensive. We have an upcoming. I guess PS5 price release announcement event thing that will happen. I believe it's this upcoming week or soon at least. So maybe I'll change my mind on this, but like 
I've been looking at what it costs to upgrade my computer a little bit to make it a little bit more powerful to be 100% viable for everything again for stuff like Cyberpunk and all that jazz versus the cost of buying a new console and one of these numbers works out a hell of a fuck ton better than the other and wants to be a little more versatile. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't mind it if these consoles were more like, a bit more like computers, you know, for the cost that they are, you know, that they are, and they are dedicated, you know, graphics machines, but it would be nice if they worked more, you know, were more general purpose, which, oddly enough, some of the first consoles that came out were marketed as exactly that, as sort of multi-purpose machines. Yeah. And that's why the the Famicom, that's, that's, a abbreviation for family computer. I no, mean, it's like we shit all over the cable TV functionality of the Xbox One when it came out, but like if that had worked better, that would have been cool and good and like a thing you could have sold. They focused on it way too much, but yeah. I mean, yeah, having a multi-purpose machine, I mean, that's yeah. like for me, my computer is my tool, my it's my development tool, and so I I've just that's why I mentioned this before. I haven't bought a console since the, since the Dreamcast. That's how far behind I am yeah. on console gaming. So that's why I often don't have a lot to say about games that are released on consoles. I haven't owned a console in forever. So yeah, but yeah, hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, we might see. I think we have been seeing sort of a definitely an explosive rise of. PC gaming becoming a force again. Yeah, I agree with hmm. that. Alright, our last piece of sad, depressing news this week. Um, Alex, you want to take this one? What are we doing here? Uh, Wreckful. Oh, yeah. So I put this one on here just because this was like... uh, I mean, he's more than just WoW. He was one of the biggest OG... No, but it's a game you care a great amount about, and while we make fun of it a lot, like, it's it's affected you. Yeah. Yeah. So, streamer Byron Reckful, uh, I'm horrible at last episode, sorry, but Reckful, um, long-time WoW PvP legend and OG Twitch streamer, uh, is dead at 31. Um, I guess it was confirmed over this past week. Uh, I guess the sound was the uh, suicide. Yeah, which kind of adds another really weird angle to this story because if you know a little bit about Reckful, um, he struggled with a lot of mental illness stuff and was trying to get help and all that. This happened. Um, his older brother also died by suicide when he was six. Um, but yeah, uh, he he unfortunately is yeah he's passed away. Um. For those of you who aren't familiar with Rectal as far as like who he is, he's one of the like old school legit legend. Like when I talk about legends in WoW PvP, like he is legit a legend. He was the first WoW player to hit three thousand rating in PvP when that became a thing in Arena, and was ranked one for several WoW uh, Arena seasons. Like he was. He was a fucking legend. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, he was ranked one for six seasons in succession. Not just like six off, but six back-to-back seasons uh, in WoW Arena. He was, yeah, 
So, um, yeah, it was just kind of happened this past week. Yeah, it was, uh, it's just odd. Um, I will say, though, um, one of the things I saw, which I thought was really fucking cool, was, uh, I guess the same day people found out what had happened, uh, WoW players all over the game itself hosted memorials inside, like, the cathedral in Stormwind, and also in one of the, uh, Horde war rooms, if you will, and, like, you had people, like, turn off their flag, and you had literally hundreds of people across all servers gathering up to pay their respects at the cathedral, which I thought was really kind of a cool moment, I guess, if you can call it that, given its context. It's, but, it's a heartfelt moment. Yeah. And so to see something like that, I thought was really yeah. kind of fucking cool. So he, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, and it was just kind of nice to see the community like, really go out there kind of like pay their respect and all that yeah mm -hmm. yep all right our, our last piece of news and hopefully this one builds you back up something a little bit happier the panther picture is not all gaming news is bleak this week but the uk house of lords recommends that loot boxes be categorized as gambling do you remember a time when this would have been our biggest story in terms of gaming controversy this week potentially yeah, yeah. this would yeah. have been like our like oh damn like between like the memes of like epic bad steam good uh the stupid console jokes i make and things like that this would have been like the oh this is pretty serious thing. yeah well and Man. so we, we we've talked about this before the uk seems to be leading the charge in a lot of ways of fully getting to the bottom of the loot box issue it getting classified by the House of Lords is a big deal. Like, previously, the stuff that was going on was a big deal unto itself. Like, the fact it was happening, this is kind of big on a legal level, I guess, is maybe the way of thinking of it. So, yeah, so they they, they released, basically, the findings of their committee in, in, in a uh, report entitled Gambling Harm, Time for Action. It says they need to act immediately to bring loot boxes with the remit of Gambling legislation and regulation. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it seems to be there again. I, they're giving it some really sophisticated and nuanced and mature thought on this. It's not a knee-jerk reaction. They're they're moving through this with the care that it deserves. I I feel like yeah, it's not sort of reactionary. It's you know thoughtful processes are going on. And I hope that it sees it to fruition. It's, it, it kind of feels like that they will, that they, that they really want to do that, that there's a lot of support for it. There's definitely public support for it. But, yeah, well, I mean, uh, now, this legit, you know, they haven't passed anything yet. That is, like, no laws have been passed. The actual gambling commission has not acted on it yet. But this is a very, very strong report, and, and it seems increasingly likely that it will happen. I mean, it's already happened in Belgium. Yeah, Belgium has straight out banned yeah. loot boxes, like, yeah. So, which, yeah, there again, I'm not too sure about that. I'm fine with that to a certain extent. I feel like, you know, if somebody wants to gamble and they're of age, maybe they should be allowed to. But, you know, I can't really argue with that either. Yeah. So I don't know. But in any case, looks like the UK is moving through with 
a thoughtful, you know, non-reactionary process to to cons- fully consider the ramifications of classification and regulation in a meaningful way, not in a there again with a, if you're too reactionary about it, you may not, e- not may not even end up with the results you wanted in the first place. Like it may be you know legislation that has no teeth, you know, that doesn't actually solve the problem. In this case, uh, it seems like they're like. No, we just need to regulate this much like we do other gambling stuff, and this is why. So, yeah. There again, it's not they they aren't calling for a ban. They they're calling for a classification, which I think is a is the is probably I think the best approach. I have to say, you know, just like we do with many other things, you know, until people are of age, you know, you can't buy alcohol in pretty much any country until you're of a certain age. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, well, well, that does it for our very bad, no good, super depressing news week, I guess. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. I I actively tried to look for things that were like at least neutral to talk about, like just just to at least break it up a little bit. Well, I've got good news, I suppose, whether it's intentional or not. Our our listeners wrote in some, I think, upbeat emails for us to listen to this week, or not listen to, uh, respond to this week, but if you wanted to send us an email, Alec, how would you go about doing that? Uh, just go ahead and uh, pull up your email compiler or composer of your choosing, and in the two columns simply put wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com What's the thing I say after Henry says that every time, Alex? Uh, spells of the sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. Perfect. What to go with <laughs> first? Uh, whoever signed us up for news on the Long Beach Vegan Food Festival, fuck you. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like 10 out of 10. That troll. was the weird one we got that I'm like, why? Okay, but why? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh. Hey, wicked awesome cast! After the in- after the intro last week, I was kind of surprised that Cyberpunk did make the news. I'm guessing that's because there really wasn't any news from live from Night City stream. But frustrating, uh, but uh, but frustrations at lack of footage aside, I'm curious what you three think of the game at this point. That comes from anonymous. Uh, I'm excited. I guess I they've done a real good job of not showing anything about that fucking game. What game? Sorry, Cyberpunk. Missed... Cyberpunk. Okay. I'm looking forward to it because it looks cool. Yeah. Like beginning I, and end of my discussion when it comes to it. <laughs> I, I have a bit of a so I don't like The Witcher Three as many as much as many other people do because The Witcher Three was the third fucking Witcher game I got to, and a lot of the things people love about that game like existed in the previous two. So uh, your first Witcher game was probably always your favorite because it's that real dark fantasy. But, like, if people think I don't like CD Projekt Red stuff, no, I, I like The Witcher 3. I just am not as overawed by it because I played the previous two entries in that franchise and get annoyed when people are like, oh, it's so groundbreaking. I'm like, yeah, except the last two were kind of this game, too. Just this one's a better version of it. But, yeah, as a result of that, I'm excited to see what Cyber, what, what, sorry, CD Projekt Red does with a new IP, especially when I care about a lot more than fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm excited about it, and it's because of my past experience gaming in Cyberpunk. Like, I, I've mentioned before that, yeah, I, 
and we've all mentioned, we've all talked about the fact that we play table, we do tabletop gaming. We always have. Yeah. Like we have for a very long time, not always, but very long time. And I've played cyberpunk. Uh, so I'm, I was familiar with the whole universe and everything going on before this. And so to see a game come out of it, and well, it looks like a, a carefully crafted game. And I hope the story, you know, is good. I hope that the story is as good as the sort of visuals we've seen, that it holds up, that it's not, that it's, you know, meaningful and interesting and fun. And, you know, and that's, that it's a fun storyline to work through. But I, yeah, and but yeah, they've kept a very tight lid on it, so it's hard to say anything because we haven't seen gameplay. Like, <laughs> not really, not really. Yeah, we've the seen bits. The snippets we've got, like, have a... Trailers always look cool, but the amount of pre-alpha footage tags they put on stuff always has me a little bit concerned. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I will always prefer a sci-fi setting over a fantasy setting, but the combat in Witcher wasn't good, and that worries mm. me a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I... See, the thing is, it's always kind of... I think for me it's going to be kind of interest, interesting to see how they apply, you know, there again, what was a tabletop RPG with a, you know, you know, fully realized world into, you know, what is, what looks to, what looks to be a third person. No, it's first person know, action, this time around. Or first person, yeah. yeah, first person action game. Yeah, first person action game and, yeah, uh, you know, or, you know, there's going to be action in it, it's first person. Uh, whereas, like, say, with Shadowrun, which is, you know, a similar type of world, you know, cyber, you know it's cyberpunk still, you know, uh, they they put out tactical RPGs, which works pretty seamlessly for that style of game. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, minimally I'm curious, but also a little, little bit excited about the idea of cyberpunk as a game. Yeah. No, it's it's weird. Like the the phrase cyberpunk is a whole genre, but there is a like proper noun version of cyberpunk, which I've always thought was fascinating too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think is one of the better versions of cyberpunk, and like it wasn't perfect. There was a bunch of stuff in the original versions of cyberpunk that uh, have not aged great. Mm. That I'm hoping this game does a good job of, you know, fixing the legacy on some. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Next email. Hey, Wicked Awesome Cast. I feel like it's been a while since the various podcast pets were brought up on the podcast, and I'm curious how they're all doing these days. Also, does Henry have a pet? He seems like an iguana or cat person. All right. I don't have a pet. I've I've had cats before. I am a cat person. Um, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been interested in having a pet other than a cat. To be Fair. honest, maybe a dog, but. Uh, I'm definitely a cat person. I've I don't know what before. makes someone an iguana person, so. Yeah. Um, iguanas are interesting. I think, I, I think I'd have, a, like, to have a gecko, personally. They, they're, they're just weird and interesting. Me and Jen looked at chameleons at one point, and then we just got a dog because we're boring basic people. <laughs> well, dogs are really affectionate. Yeah, that's... Kind of where we're at right now is my dog sits next to me in like the most "don't talk to me, I'm lounging" pose ever. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you have the house full of the menagerie. Any new additions lately, or anything like that? 
Um, no, actually. Obviously, with all the stuff being kind of closed yeah. down and stuff, it's been harder to get things like that. But yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, the animals are still the same. They're still dangerous. You're you're still keep it. You basically are Australia in a house. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Overall, it's pretty. Uh, they're 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 fine. Yeah. If that's your pet update, Scrump is fine. She's sleeping. Yeah. She continues to be a pug. <laughs> All right. Last email of the week, and goddamn you, Alex, for bringing this one about. So a lot of jokes and attention was given to Alex's brave facial hair choices, and I want to know how ragged the other two of you are looking these days. For some <laughs> reason, I imagine Shirley went full caveman, and Henry has somewhat perfectly maintained his look through all of this, but that's just me guessing. Also, because of the thumbnail last week, I finally tracked down Alex's Instagram. I'm really confused why no one made a joke about Alex being Mexican Hihachi came up last week. <laughs> Given certain folks' love of uh, for, a volca- for, uh, for a volcano-inclined savior, I'm amazed this didn't come up. I'm actually a little surprised myself. Yeah, in hindsight, I'm like, I remember, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, man, it's off-brand Hihachi. Yeah. It's like, uh, what is it, like, great value Hihachi? Yeah. It's- Alex is the Fago of Hihachi. Not Fago, because Fago is a main brand. It's like if you take a, a Fago is brand, not a main brand. Yes, Fago is. is amazing. I'm a fan of Fago. Yeah. They have flavors nobody else has for soda. You're not like, allowed to make fun of the Juggalos. Remember, they're they're totally cool now. They're in. No. Yeah, yeah they are. But, <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm the off-brand Heihachi, if you will. <laughs> he also has crazy lightning fighting moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen Alex in person. Like, he has some crazy, crazy lightning yeah. attacks. Yeah. Kind of like a really, like, apathetic Pikachu. <laughs> you want to talk about your hair situation, Henry, or nah? Um, no, I, yeah, I guess I, I'm have been sort of just doing what I always do. The only thing I haven't done as often is dye my beard. Um, for those that aren't on my Instagram or Facebook and haven't seen seen me, I have a long, I have a, I have just a goatee. I have a beard. Uh, in part because I can't grow hair on the sides of my face. It just doesn't grow there. And it's about the same length. Still kept about as much as I usually do, but yeah, I haven't been dyeing it. I usually dye it sort of a lot of different colors, but right now it's currently not dyed any particular color, so. Yeah, so at the start of all this, I shaved my hair into like a mohawk-style thing, because I wasn't going to an office anytime, and hey, fucking apocalypse is happening, let's have fun with it. Uh, <laughs> enough time has passed that it's grown back out, so I think it's called a devil's cut or something. It kind of, it's... It's popular in certain heavy metal scenes. Like it's it's like almost like a heavy metal. It's it's like a mohawk mullet almost, where like the rest of your hair is cotton up to it, but there's definitely like a long center section that does the foofy, like the floppy thing still, like a ungelled mohawk does. So mm. it, yeah, I'm probably gonna fix this sometime in the near future, or like re mohawk it. I don't know. Depends on <laughs> if I'm gonna have to be like on visibly visible on conference calls in the near future or anything like that. Yeah, but I, I have normalish hair again. It's just got a weird, like, mound down the center that runs all the way to the back, and it's getting long. 
my beard is in disarray. Like, partially because I was sick and I don't care about my facial hair when I'm sick. I've been partially just because I have no reason to maintain it right now. And my facial hair does not grow in as luxuriously as Alex's does. Hopefully that answers your question, listener. Uh, <laughs> your hair grows back fucking fast, man, I'm learning, Alex. Yeah, it does. Like the difference between one and like the difference between when you cut it all off and like when you sent me the picture last week, I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm mildly envious on that topic. Like, wow. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, not sure it's the correct response, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> on that one. Yeah, no, I. Well, shall we close it out, gentlemen? Uh, is that it for emails? Uh, that's it for emails this week. All right. I- I guess so, yeah. Yeah, awesomecast at gmail.com. Send them in. Anything you two want to talk about before we close this sucker out? Um, you Obviously, the, the usual, you can find me on all my social medias and streaming platforms. Uh, obviously, I haven't streamed in a long time, but when I do, if you'd like to be notified, you can find me at Mave Online uh, on all my platforms, which uh, YouTube gaming, Facebook gaming, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Not and... Mixer anymore. No, I took Mixer off because they're closed down in a fucking month, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Kraken Zero, that's C E R Zero, and that is on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you see somebody on Steam or on. Uh, that's a Kraken Zero, that's, that's most likely me. Uh, especially for the specific spelling that I use for the, for for that name, and uh, but on if you see me in some other games, a common name I take is Lachesis, which is uh, one of the three fates. Mm. Um, uh, and that's what I am on Fantasy Star Online too. Uh, but still, the user, if you looked at my username, it's still Kraken Zero on there too. So yeah, pretty much in the gaming scene, except for on Twitch. Uh, Cracking zero, but yeah, uh, yeah, and but I I still haven't been streaming really. I don't know, kind of. I guess I haven't felt in the mood for it. I guess to a certain extent. Yeah. What I do, I am going to start tackling the seven hundred games from the uh from that the big itch.io dot io you know thing for you know Black Lives Matter. So. Uh, I think Thursday night streams are gonna be back over on my Twitch page. I think we're doing. I think my clan's doing Drunk Destiny Raid again this week, so I may make that my triumphant return or something. You can come <laughs> drink along with us. It's a hellscape. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if I'll be tell drinking. Me about but, that. Yeah. I definitely drink when I game on occasion. Oh, this is a drinking game based around how much we suck. We're doing Scourge, because it's always Scourge, and we don't want to die. I have no reason to run Scourge anymore, but, yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, I... I guess that's actually it for this week. Yeah, who wants to close it out? You the metal!